Wednesday the 6th of September 2017. This morning is different to other mornings of the week. We all get up extra early and the children get washed, dressed and have their breakfast to be ready sharp at nine for their visiting tutor. They like her very much and over the last two terms they are used to having her just one hour on a Wednesday morning for maths. But now that Marshall has finished homeschool and is to start college and begin his further studies, they are having the hour that he used to have as well and will be doing Greek and classics as well as maths. At 10 years old, it will be more story-based and lots of fun. Of that I am sure, because Tom and Marshall enjoyed the same and never lost interest over the four years that she taught them. It is also in the morning when a group of friends from our little church come and we have a time of Bible study. That is, of course, after we have devoured cake and coffee and shared all of our joys and sorrows. It is a very small group and very close. We have been running now for about 12 years. And it all started when I was teaching Sunday school. Our little school was very successful. I ran it alongside my dear friend Joe. Every week more children came and we arranged lots of fun trips. The members of these we carry with us all these years later, never to be forgotten. We faithfully taught the children all that we knew, working through the Bible and gradually as the weeks passed, we noticed that the parents were no longer dropping the children off while they went into the church. They were staying for the teaching, saying they'd never learned any of it at school and would like to stay and listen along with their children. We, of course, agreed. How could we not? We do know that at about the time these 30-somethings were in school, a lot of schools had dropped religious education and assemblies and they really were not familiar with the much-loved Bible stories. Well, that was all very well but the little room where I taught Sunday school was getting hotter and hotter every Sunday morning. It was now full of children, plus mums and sometimes dads. A solution had to be found, and that solution was to start a Bible study group here at the Rise. All these years later, it is still in operation. We have a wonderful time, and although it has now become an all-woman group, and mostly mums of children our own children's age, it still runs on much the same formula as it ever did and from time to time someone new joins. It is a group which really is involved with one another in a very caring way and is supportive in all areas of our lives. We feel more like sisters than just friends. We have watched each other's children grow up and these children are now each other's best friends, which is wonderful for mums as well as children. We still do many things together, and in fact we have all been going to to Lee Abbey together for our yearly holiday for the last eight years, something which is enjoyed by us all. It occurred to me while writing this journal that it would be rather fun to include some recipes in this book. I thought it may be of historical interest a little odd, but my book is a little odd anyway, and with all its complexities, and I fully expect to be criticised for flitting from scientific data to recipes to Bible quotes and binding it all together with family trigger. If anybody in this time reads it, so why not make it even a little even oddier? So here we go. This evening, for supper, I made our favourite savoury rice dish. 
I start by chopping a carrot and an onion and garlic clove, quite small, and steam them until cooked, but a little crunchy. I then wash and simmer two cups of brown organic basmati rice covered with filtered water. I cook the rice until tender. When cooked, I put it in a large bowl and add the vegetables. Then add one cup of cooked lentils, one cup of peanuts, half a cup of sunflower seeds, half a cup of flaxseed, and leave to cool, and the nuts and seeds to rehydrate a bit. I then add a cup of full of fresh uncooked peas, or frozen to defrost in the, in the rice mixture. I then in a pan saute chopped peppers, mushrooms, and add two teaspoons of mixed herbs. Two teaspoons of marigold bouillon, and I stir and add this to the rice mixture. I then chop cucumber, tomato, and kale very finely and add to the rice mixture. Finally, I add a generous portion of good olive oil or hemp oil and lemon juice. Optional chopped olives can be added and toasted pine oak nuts. Yum! We serve this up with a green salad of romaine lettuce, watercress, chopped green pepper, avocado and sliced cucumber. And I toss this in a dressing made with one part good cold pressed virgin oil, one part hemp oil, one part cider vinegar, a drizzle of honey, a dessert spoonful of whole grain mustard and a squeeze of lemon juice. This will put a balanced meal on the table and will provide enough protein, carbohydrates, fats, vitamins and minerals to keep both growing children and adults very healthy. Indeed. We still have in our time in the Western world an abundance of fruits and vegetables available. This is not always a good thing though, and in order to make that happen and to have a large variety all the year round, we have to ship foods into our country from all over the world, and lots of air miles are used in order to do this. This just produces more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, which is not very good for the planet. We here at The Rise try whenever possible to buy when in season only, or what we grow ourselves. We are not perfect though, and sometimes the layer of strawberries out of season is too much for an ordinary mortal to resist, especially if we are having friends around. However, they are never as good and strawberry tasting as the ones that we grow ourselves and that we eat fresh in the garden, or those bought in the correct season. In reality, those bought out of the season sometimes have no taste at all. I hope that things are different for you, my future dear ones, and that you have a better and more balanced way of living, appreciating and enjoying the bounty of the earth, as she naturally offers it up to you. This sort of marketing is, of course, driven by us, the people, and it is wrong on so many levels. As a child, I remember so clearly the excitement of the first fresh peas, the joy of helping to shuck them out of their pods, sneakily eating one every so often. Fresh peas were a short season, which somehow made them all the more delicious and special. They were always looked forward to, eagerly inspecting the pods daily until they were swollen with a row of round, fat peas, and the joy and welcome when that season returned the following year, and the same with July when the first pickings run the beans deliciously sliced and served hot or allowed to get cold and served in the vinaigrette dressing as part of a salad lunch. Beetroot in the autumn. 
An early winter simmering gently on the agar until they are tender to be eaten, either hot with a white sauce or pickled in vinegar for winter and Christmas. If no one who cooks their own beetroot can forget the earthy pungent smell that pervades the house and is so reminiscent of autumn and winter, and not to forget the unmistakable scent of freshly cut celery to be enjoyed in front of warm winter fires on a weekend tea time, or added to soups and stews, celery, red lentils and onions are a marriage made in heaven. I hope that you are still able to recognise yourself, these experiences, and are not surviving on some chemically formulated diet, which is mixed with water and taken three times a day. The thought of that sort of thing is, I think, why I'm driven to write this book. Maybe in some ways, as an aid memoir, I like to think that this generation can be the Genesis people for you. But maybe it is your generation that will be the Genesis people. I would like to quote a tract from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, verses 34-36. I think it could be so appropriate. The desolated land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say, This land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you that remains will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it.